Hello. Hello. Welcome to Long Lost Heroes Podcast. Today we're joined especially uh, by none other than Matt Zionbasile, founding member of the uh, band Long Lost Heroes, joining us for the first time on the podcast today. Hello, Matt. Hi, guys. It's good to have you, buddy. (laughs) Good. It's so nice to see the second life of this name. And uh, it, it continues to live on long and prosperous through another form of something. Yeah, man. It's been really... It's been really fun. Uh, with us again, uh, as always, Frank, how are you today? How, what's going on? I'm doing great, guys. You know, just keeping busy, long day, but uh, I'm excited to have our, our chat. And like you said, ZB, it's, it's good to keep this name going. It, it means a lot for, for all of us, I'm sure. And uh, got some, some great, interesting stuff to chat about this week. So, Yeah, excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to have you back. Okay, so uh, for the first segment of uh, uh, today's episode, um, we are going to be touching on the overseen uh, and the absolutely necessarily overseen Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi trailer, which dropped only a few weeks ago. What was the date, Frank? Do we have a date Uh, on release? Something like April 14th, I want to say. Okay, fair enough. All right, so I rewatched the trailer ten times today and took two index cards worth of notes. Uh, so I have a lot to say about this, but I think uh, more importantly, as someone who's just seen this probably for the second time, Matt, you just watched it. What are your immediate reactions? What are you thinking? Yeah, I guess you know the first time you see it, you're just like, okay, this is what I'm getting, and you know, you're just like all these new images. You're excited. You don't really like look into the details, Um, and this time I was sort of analyzing it a little more. Um, I mean, it's exciting, you know, it's the next chapter. It's, what stood out to me, I think, initially was it's cut the exact same way as the trailer for The Force Awakens, or the teaser for The Force Awakens, which is cool, but it's, it's like, very formulaic, and, you know, you're sort of getting the same length sequences and and shots, and it's almost, I think, um, it just, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting way to market that because it made sense for The Force Awakens because it's like the first time we're seeing Star Wars again in, you know, whatever, 20 years or whatever it was, um, 15, I, I don't even know. But um, this time it's like the continuation of the story and they're still, you know, keeping it very secretive as, as they would. Um, yeah. It's um, it leaves you with more questions than answers. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Like they, I want to say someone out there on the internet put the two teaser trailers side by side, and they are almost exactly shot for shot. And yeah. you know, on the one hand, the first teaser for Force Awakens was very effective, and it got all of our attention. But at the same time, it seems a little lazy that they did the exact same thing. I mean. Granted, it's new footage and it's the next movie, new story and everything, but for it to be shot for shot, I, I haven't looked at the shot for shot uh, video, but still, yeah. you know, I, I watched it uh, for the second time today and, you know, it's been a few weeks. I was on vacation too when it dropped and I watched it like in the lobby of a hotel with like barely any <laughs> sound on. So I'm like, I need to watch this with a, you know, proper uh, video and audio. 
so, I mean, I'm excited about it. Don't get me wrong. It's, uh, it looks really exciting. Uh, there's a lot to unpack from the, the trailer in itself, but uh, I can't help but wonder why the marketing machine said, you know, the first time worked so well. You know, yeah. Like, come on. They're, they're creative people. They can do something a little bit different. But. Yeah, that's kind of what I, what I was hoping. Um, I guess we'll see soon what they decide to do for their full trailer. But, um, yeah, I think it gives people to chew on for a little bit. I guess the biggest question at the end of it is, you know, when Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker, says the Jedi must end, or this must be the end of the Jedi. Like, what, what does that mean? <laughs> okay, oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I want to ju- jump in here on a few things. So I do have uh, some notes here on, mar- on marketing comparisons with the formulaic tr- trailer kind of construction. Um, one of the things I was thinking when I was watching this was, yeah, like when you put the episode seven uh, teaser trailer up against this one and they've done that shot, that uh, trailer shot for shot, it's pretty much exactly down to you know, what we're seeing again this time. However, in the last Star Wars movie we just got, which we just did in Rogue One, there's a lot of misdirection in Rogue One. There's a lot of scenes and lines that were in the trailers and in the marketing that were not used at all in the final cut of the movie. Um, I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what to think from them anymore because, you know, should we expect the next trailer to follow in a similar logic with the first official trailer for Force Awakens, are we going to see more Luke? Are we actually going to see him on camera opening and moving his mouth and saying lines? <laughs> like, you know, that that's a great question. Um, and then here I have a whole pie chart. Why do the Jedi have to end? So, uh, I, all right. So I got a few theories here, and, and I would like to hear your guys' input. So I think the, the easiest but also... The, I think the one of the, the toughest is Luke has maybe turned to the dark side. I have seen some internet rumblings on this. Sure. I have seen that uh, Luke realizes that the Jedi are not the only version of the light force users in the galaxy, that maybe use of the force predates the Jedi. Uh, I also have Luke has turned away from the Jedi, feeling that they have failed him, and that he, in his exile, has kind of lost touch with reality in a kind of a similar way that Yoda, and then my last theory, which I don't even know what this really is, uh, this theory of the gray Jedi. I get these from clickbait articles all the time. I have not read it. I don't want to read it. I don't want to know. But is there some other form of, or a new form of Jedi we haven't seen? I think those are the big four theories so far. Do you guys have one you're leaning toward? Do you think that there's anything that... uh, you have more of a visceral reaction to than the other? Uh, personally, I, I think it's more along the lines of uh, the Jedi Order, you know, which was destroyed with Order 66 and Luke tried to rebuild, uh, is the extreme light side, and the Sith are the extreme dark. And so that the idea is that Luke has come to the point to realize that in order for there to be balance in the Force, you need to have a little bit of the dark side, a little bit of the light, and that's why he thinks the Jedi Order needs to end. That's my take on it. But Matt? Yeah, I, um, that, that sounds accurate, in my opinion. Um, 
the Jedi must end. Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I, you know, in Force Awakens, they touch upon, you know, Je Luke maybe had some sort of Jedi training academy and it was destroyed by the Knights of Ren. You know, he could feel like he's failed the Jedi as well. Um, you know, him supposed to being this great Jedi master and sort of the keeper of the Force. And at this point in the in the galaxy or in the universe, you know, he is arguably the only Jedi that we're aware of. So that's a pretty big onus to have um, and to train. And if, you know, he puts in all this work and, and then it's destroyed, um, you know, he must be pretty disheartened by what, what took place. And uh, what's, what I think is interesting is, uh, so Ryan Johnson is really active on Twitter, which is awesome. Yeah. He's tweeting with fans. He's been tweeting with fans since the beginning. And somebody dead dead ass asked him, uh, "What is, does the last Jedi refer to?" And he says, "The last Jedi directly refers to Luke." Yeah, I heard yeah. that too. Um, so I think that that's awesome. But I, I want to go back to a different thing here, and I think this is part of the bigger uh, idea of Star Wars. I don't want to get too far down in the weeds here, but. Getting back to the original prophecy, as revealed in the prequels, which I think are still canon, if we're all oh, still totally. counting. Um, the prophecy is to bring balance to the Force. In many ways, the Jedi were in power, and the Sith were not. And then Anakin comes and he realigns, redistributes this power, right? At which point, it's still out of sync because there's not a direct knowledge of who's really in control. The Sith don't really seem to be in control anymore in uh, Kylo Ren's existence. I don't think he's really in power. I don't really know if Snoke is a uh, true Sith or even a, a Jedi or whatever he is. We don't know. Uh, is Rey the prophecy? I, it depends. <laughs> you know, it depends. Is she a Skywalker or not? Because it, it seems that the prophecy has followed the Skywalker line the entire course of the seven movies so far. Um, I've been firmly on the stance that she's not for a long time, but, you know, they have yet to convince me otherwise. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, we, we do have Skywalker blood in uh, Ben Solo, so is he going to have some sort of redemption arc? We'll see. Maybe not in this next movie, but through episode nine, perhaps. Um, so, you know, I, we'll see. I, I think, uh, you know, that, that's the thing. This movie is the middle. You know, there, it's, it's the Empire Strikes Back of the, this trilogy. So there, there's going to be a lot answered, but a lot left to, to be said for the final movie. All right, a uh, few other things I want to touch on here. Um, okay, so in the uh, trailer we see, uh, and what we do know as confirmed from Lucasfilm, uh, so you see Leia from behind, Carrie Fisher, print, uh, General Leia. Um, you hear her original line, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, it's pretty subtle, but you can, you can hear it. And it's also been confirmed that she's not going to be appearing in Episode Nine. Um what do you think? What do you think the purpose is here? Did they expand her role? Uh, do you guys have any guesses or hopes that they use for General Princess Leia in, in Episode Eight? I heard she had a big role in this film, um, and maybe 
being that, you know, they had so much that they were sort of able to close her story somehow, or I don't know, you'd have to think that they did some sort of creative revision in this film to either tie it up or, or leave something open and something that they could close in episode nine without actually showing her. But you have to think they figured something out with whatever role she has in this film. Um, yeah, because they've they've gone on record too to say that they're not going to do any digital recreation of her like they did in Rogue One. So, it, to me, it seems like because she has a big role and she filmed all of her scenes and she helped with uh, lines of dialogue for Leia, that either uh, her role is complete in this film and she either dies and filmed a death scene, and that is why she's not mm. in Nine, or there is like Matt was saying some organic way to kind of write her out um, for her not to necessarily need to be in episode nine. I mean, it, it, it seems like, you know, you, you cut out Han Solo in the first one, you cut out someone else in the second, you cut out someone else in the third. So sure. if they plan to do Leia in the second one and Luke in the third or whatever, it seems more organic that way. Otherwise, I don't know how they would do it but based on what they're telling us. So, yeah, I definitely think the movie will also be dedicated to her. Oh, absolutely. Easily. Yeah. Um, and piggybacking off of what you just said, too, where you faintly hear Obi-Wan's, I think you hear Palpatine when you see the shot of Kylo Ren's broken mask. Uh, yeah, he says dark, something, something dark side guy. He says, yeah. he says dark side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that's kind of cool, too. I wonder if his ghost or anything will make an appearance. That would be crazy. Ooh, dark side nether Jedi down. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, a few things I want to touch on here, because these are like my pure thoughts that I had since the first time I watched the trailer, and I just want to hear your guys' uh, ideas. Um, okay, in the last uh, episode seven, one of the major sweaty, sweaty, sweaty critiques of this movie is there are only X-Wings. There were no Y-Wings, no B-Wings, no A-Wings, no other rebel uh, uh, fighter ships of any kind. Um, when I was watching this trailer, uh, the first few times I was absolutely looking for these, and I think I found them. I think we have a Y-wing uh, evolution in the Red Sand planet, with the AT-ATs. Uh, I kind of, and I think even more clearly, uh, the battle, the star battle in the middle of the trailer. Yeah. The frigates look like B-wings. They do. They look a lot like B-Wings. They've got that, that same shape. Um, so whether they evolve from, from the B-Wings, maybe. Um, but yeah, and then there's like, in that space battle, there's definitely uh, a, a, a flash very quickly of a, like a red ship that's kind of hard to make out. So yeah, it, it seems like they are pulling out a lot more of the, the ships and you know maybe not necessarily the exact iconic versions that we had from the original trilogy, but... Uh, ones that uh, maybe have evolved a bit, you know, it's 30 years, technology changes, so it's, it's certainly believable. Even in the shot of uh, on that, that sand planet, looking at the AT-ATs, they look different. So, again, oh, yeah. believable for it to, to change. Yeah, and I think you even see some subtle differences in the stormtroopers and, you know, the evolution of their armor and the resistance, uh, or the first order, rather. Um, it seems natural. I mean, it's, what, 30-something years after Return of the Jedi. 
Oh, oh, of course, and 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 that's all indisputable. I think my real thinking was I just wanted to hear someone else in the universe confirm that I'm not completely crazy and looking for needles in the ocean. Um, okay, uh, a few more things here. Um, all right, so I want to talk about uh, the first uh, the teaser trailer for Force Awakens. Tons of it was set on Jaku- set on Jakku. From that. We were able to kind of extrapolate that the first third, the first act of, of Force Awakens pretty much takes place on Jakku. Do you guys think that we're probably going to spend the first third act of this movie uh, on the Jedi planet? Do you think that that's also misdirection? No, I feel like we start there. I mean, I feel like it's out there that this movie picks up right after the events of Episode Seven, so it makes sense to start there. I heard a new theory today, and oh, it's unconfirmed, tell. but. Uh, apparently the film starts in a flashback with Snoke and Leia. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Hey, what does I that mean? <laughs> no, I mean, I could see that too. They could go, they might not want to give it to you right away. I could see it starting in another scene, um, you know, maybe even something with Finn, but maybe not. But that would make more sense if they build more more of that backstory, and then they cut to present, and present is on that island with Ray and Luke. I, I'm down for that. Frank, what do you think about jumping around in the timeline? Well, um, like, like we were just saying, I think probably a good portion of that first act is going to be on that, uh, that planet with Ray and Luke. Um, that's literally where we left off, and that seems to be there's a lot of action that happens there with her training. Um, and also, there's evidence because in this trailer, they show Finn still in some version 2.0 of the back to tank. You know, he's still getting better. Yeah. Um, so, will he be absent for a, a portion of the, the beginning of the movie? That's possible. Um, I, I do kind of hope they use the flashback because it's something that Star Wars doesn't really do that much. And as shown in Rogue One, they can mix it up and they can change with the formats and... And uh, there's no reason not to. Um, and, you know, they hinted at it in Force Awakens when she, you know, had the flash with the lightsaber. But, you know, something a little bit more organic that's Luke telling Ray something from the past. And instead of it just being told, they show it. Um, that'd be nice. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know about a Leia and Snoke kind of interaction. There, That seems like it's so out there that it could be real, but it also is... Uh, it's a little extreme. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, well, a, that's a big thing to, to bite off, like, to start the Oh, film. it's huge. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it's something in space first, and then maybe we get down, but who the fuck knows. All right, and this brings me to our, my final topic on the Star Wars Episode Eight trailer, and this kind of leads into what we've all been speaking about here regarding uh, the, for the Jedi planet, um, and also Ray's visions. So I want to talk about the evolution of the Force vision for a moment. Um, so the first time we hear a Force vision is really discussed is in Empire Strikes Back with Luke and Yoda when Luke is doing the handstand and Yoda is engaging him about what he's seeing in the future. And really all we have in that uh, moment is we have Luke explaining to us what Cloud City looks like and that they're in pain. In the prequels, uh, you start 
seeing how Anakin has, you know, much more defined force visions. He sees his mother, he sees Padme, he sees fire. There's a lot more imagery that's there. And then now with Force Awakens, you're having full on full blown hallucinations. And to me, that first shot obviously is her coming out of a force vision. Um, do you like where that's going? Do you think that that helps the story in in order to kind of reveal what they're, you know, what they're thinking? Or is there something to be said about the, uh, the vagueness of a force vision that maybe we shouldn't always trust what the force is trying to tell you because you never know who could be influencing it? Well... What I'll say is, I mean, it, it's the way you describe that. I mean, it, it sounds like a, a way to sort of define these characters' powers. Um, you know, the, obviously Anakin, you know, was natural, like felt it at an earlier age than, than Luke did. You know, Luke didn't discover that he could tap into this until, you know. Much later. Much later. Um, so, yeah, I, it could make sense that you know, Ray has a higher connection to the Force and she could be the one that fulfills the prophecy and she is this maybe ultimate sort of Jedi, but then it's also like she's around Luke's age when she's maybe, you know, maybe a little younger, but seems like she's around Luke's age when she's starting to discover that she may be, you know, she may have these powers. And it's also kind of curious if you think about it that all those instances that you just described, AJ, the blue Anakin lightsaber is present. So is there something more with that specific device that enhances them to see these visions? Um, because it doesn't seem like any other characters have necessarily had experiences like that. Is, is it because Anakin is, uh, you know, when he created that lightsaber, he was truly the, the prophecy in that he... Uh, had the balance of the force with him, you know, the light side, the dark side that gave him the ability to see these visions. And that's why it was passed down to Luke and to Ray. And they also have these abilities. We'll see. I don't know. Okay. Um, well, there, there's, there's two things I want to talk about before we move on from this. One is going back to the prophecy and, you know, there's a shot of some books when have we ever seen books in Star Wars? Never seen books. Nope. Uh, FYI, there are eight books. I counted. We know. Eight All books, right. And it, which is, hmm. You know, that's so that's, that's a little like, now we're throwing books into the mix here. There's like, <laughs> there's a whole unwritten history. I mean, which makes sense that there would be some sort of documentation of the Jedi and, you know, the galaxy. It's obviously quite vast and expansive but um you know it's funny that they introduce it and she's not looking on a map i mean i feel like this film will go off the prophecy and fulfilling that and you know figuring out where the jedi lie in the galaxy yeah i mean my take on the books uh which they kind of reintroduce in rogue one is this idea this concept of the journal of the wills which was in Lucas's original draft of... The original Star Wars, yeah. yeah. And they, they brought the Guardians of the Wills back in, in in Rogue One, and so I think having some sort of written documentation like that uh, makes a lot more sense than something on, you know, like the, the Jedi computers that they had in the prequels. 
Um, other other than that, I don't, I don't know what it could be, but that's the only books that we really know of in in the Star Wars universe at this point. Um, yeah, that's cool. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And then it, the, the last thing I want to touch on. Sorry, did I cut you off? No, please. No, go ahead. The last thing I want to touch on is from a filmmaking standpoint, just excited how excited I am to have this guy, you know, helm this picture. Um, you know, when I saw Looper in theaters, I was like, I was blown away. I mean, it's not a perfect movie, but it's an original sci-fi movie that works super well. It's gritty. It's shot terrifically. The direction is fantastic. And, you know, it, it tells a wonderful story. Um, I, I was like, I'd love to see this guy direct a Star Wars film. And then he gets the opportunity to. And one of the shots we see in the trailer, you know, the super macro shot of Ray's hands and the rocks falling up, like that's a creative filmmaker's shot. You know, that's something we haven't seen in the Star Wars film. So I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, a different texture almost or a little bit of a different look to this film. I think he'll have a little more freedom than JJ did. JJ's was very cookie cutter. You know, sure, you had the lens flares here and there and some nice aerial shots, but, um, you know, for the most part, it was fairly traditional. I think this will be a step. Yeah. Um, in the more creative side of this, this galaxy. Yeah, I think one of the coolest things about uh, Looper for Ryan Johnson, how much exposition is in that movie that's delivered effortlessly? Yeah. Effortlessly. There's so much backstory. There's so much world building. It's so matter of fact. It flows so beautifully. And this movie has so much exposition to cover. It really does have questions to answer, stakes at hand. Um, I don't really think we can leave this picture not knowing who Ray's parents are, where Kylo Ren comes from, all these different things. They know that they have to answer these questions. They obviously brought on someone who was really adept at doing this. Uh, I I love that shot with Ray's hand, too. I really like um, also the shot with her looking out at the ocean. I'm I'm really down for what he has to do, and I think my last kind of note on anything here is, uh, so Yoda in the jungle versus Luke on an island, so I thought that, like, when Yoda is on Dagobah, like, he forces himself into exile from being defeated by Palpatine, but still, he's surrounded by life, he's surrounded by the Force, that's what he says to Luke, but here, island is totally desolate, doesn't look like there's anything there. And, you know, he's chosen exile kind of for himself. No one told Luke to go fucking be away. Like, right. he didn't, you know... Well, Luke, Luke really never had... Like, he had the mentor in Obi-Wan, but it was fairly short-lived, you know? It was like, here, I'll train you, and then you get a little bit of Yoda, and then he dies. Like, he's had a lot of, like, let me show you, and then it goes away. So I think, you know, he's always been a little bit of a troubled and confused person and you know i think it just he doesn't know what to do that this was all he could figure out i mean and this is where it took him yeah yeah it makes sense and you know he he took the training that he got and it, it was all incomplete and he failed and he gave up is what it seems like and you know that to me is is a, a perfect reason why he would just go into exile on his own um versus, you know, something like the way... Like, why wouldn't he go to Dagobah? Like, he could totally have just gone to Dagobah. He but, could totally go to Dagobah. <laughs> but he decided this other ocean planet was more for him. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, it seems like the planet itself is also pretty barren and, you, you know, maybe there's underwater life, but that's not something that I think we would get in this movie. No Gungans in this movie. What no does Gungans. he eat? What do we think he eats there? <laughs> Great question. That's a good um, grass. He's, 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 a, he's like a cow. <laughs> maybe. Run full vegan. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he could go. He could go full vegan. I'm sure that there's plenty for him to eat. I mean, they figured out that cool sponge bread stuff. That's true. Uh, um, yeah. So, listen, folks. Uh, we are super jazzed about episode eight. Um, I hope that you are too. We will be following, covering. I guess all the big stuff. We're gonna try to stay out of the weeds of spoilers. We're gonna try to stay out of the weeds of things that are confirmed um, in terms of spoilers. You know, non-confirmed spoilers. Yeah, or confirm spoilers. We will, um, you know, we'll go. We'll figure a way to dance around it. But uh, if you have any interest or questions about episode eight, please uh, send them in to us. We'd be happy to discuss them. Uh, Frank, anything else you want to throw in there? Yeah, I don't no, mean to like kind not of give you. Thing. A... We like to speculate, but we don't want to uh, uh, go too far down the rumor mill. Just kind of the things that we see, the the things that the uh, the marketing and the. Uh, basically the artists behind the film, the one, the things that they want to show us versus the things that get leaked. We want to look at the things they want to show us and try to analyze the best of our ability, what, what we're seeing. And, and we're going to continue to do that. I'm glad that they, they had the first trailer at celebration. I think that was the perfect time to, uh, when we get the next one, we'll see probably maybe later in the summer or early fall until next time. AJ, Frank, ZB from the long lost heroes podcast. Uh, you can find us, at longlostheroes.net. Uh, you can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. And uh, we should hopefully be having another podcast again sometime in the next week or so. But uh, we're signing off here, and we'll catch you next time. Take care, everybody. Take care, guys. Thank you.